prophecy that has a ring of judgment to it or condemnation, that's not the heart of God. Again, back to Romans 8, Paul says that, that we're no longer under a spirit of condemnation. Those who walk in the spirit, we're free of that, okay? And so prophecy then at its very uh, basic level is that of love and hope and affirmation to us. Uh, I mean, even wayward Judah, we see in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, and they're getting ready to be uh, exiled and, and, you know, 70 years of captivity. And yet God speaks to the prophet Jeremiah a word of hope and comfort to the people. Welcome to Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson, and I'm so glad to have a repeat visit today from Dr. Bob Savell of Passion Church in Tucson, Arizona. If you missed our previous podcast, uh, Bob Savell and his wife established Passion Church in 2002. They're the senior pastors there, and that church uh, is powerfully moving in the gifts and the Holy Spirit. And they have been trained in healing ministry through Global Awakening Ministries and the Toronto Airport Christian Fellowship. So that'll give everyone a context. Dr. Savell, thanks for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me back, Chris. Appreciate it. You have described life as a faith-filled adventure and the Christian's life journey as prophetic. That's sort of the topic we're going to be talking about today, and that sounds really appealing. Could you spell that out more? Sure. You know, God creates with in each one of us, uh, destiny and purpose. And so all of us are on this life journey of discovering purpose. And when we come to Christ, all of a sudden, he begins to awaken within us an understanding of this call and this purpose uh, in which we have, not the least of which is the fact that when we are truly born again, now the Holy Spirit dwells within us. And as we begin to learn uh, to hear God's voice, all of a sudden we begin to discover that he's communicating to us and he's leading us into a life of adventurous faith. And uh, it then segues into a prophetic journey, if you will. I mean, at the, at the very onset, Jesus says, follow me. And so uh, we begin to follow him. And all of a sudden he may lead us into paths that we would never have imagined And it has a lot to do with how he's created us and gifted us and even motivated us. And now we begin to discover that purpose and that calling. And it sort of becomes this life of adventurous faith with this prophetic uh, element to it where he directs and guides along the way. And we may not even realize it. Well, Dr. Seville, we always ask this question, what would Jesus do? I mean, people remember the bracelets that were sold in Christian retail stores many years ago. And as we look at Jesus's life mission and what he came to do, how can we emulate him in finding our purpose and in fulfilling our destiny? Well, foremost, we have to just stay very close to the very heart of Jesus and in that place of relationship and fellowship with him. We see Jesus, uh, and John writes about this in John chapter 5, where Jesus says he only did what he saw his father do. And so Jesus basically, and Paul writes about this in Colossians 2, I believe 9 and 10, 
He says that in Christ, the fullness of deity dwells. And so we see this aspect of the very essence of all who God is uh, manifesting through the very life of Christ. And we see the Holy Spirit speaking to Jesus, guiding Jesus, being directed by him. Jesus is praying to the Father, always seeking the Father's will, and he only really responds and moves out of that divine directive, if you will. And so uh, our task, then, is to learn how to stay in that close relationship with God and allow the Holy Spirit, then, to begin to direct us and let that begin to unfold over our life. For example, in Romans chapter 8, Paul's talking about how we've, you know, left that old life behind, and now we're walking in this newness of life where we're free of condemnation and these type of things. And then he says something in Romans 8, 14. He says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons or, or daughters of God. And so in one respect, it's certainly talking about living out of that new life, and, and that's absolutely what Paul was getting at. But the other aspect of it is, the Holy Spirit is guiding us and directing us just like he was Jesus. And so Jesus, you know, just lived out of the place of relationship with the Father. And so as we learn how to live out of that place, we'll find that the Spirit begins to direct us uh, accordingly. And again, we may be surprised at some of those things. A good example of this is in Acts chapter 16, uh, verses 6 through 10. We see Paul and Silas, they're on a, a missionary journey, and you know, Paul understands the mandate of going into all the world and uh, making disciples of all the nations. And so Paul is endeavoring to take the gospel to, you know, unreached people and those type of things. And yet you read in that passage how twice the Holy Spirit stops Paul from going into particular areas. And then he has this vision in the night or a dream and where he sees a man in Macedonia asking them to come. And so Paul obviously confers with Silas and the others the next morning, and they conclude that God is leading them to go into Macedonia, and then they go into that region, they go into Philippi, and basically a church is planted there. And so it's very interesting. So you see in that example, and of course there's many other examples uh, through the book of Acts, and we see through church history as well, where God begins to divinely direct and guide uh, his people as they stay very close to him, and they're listening intently and believing the prophetic revelation that, that God is giving. Well, that divine direction does bring us back to prophecy and what exactly the purpose of prophecy is in our lives. Could you elaborate on that a bit? Sure. Well, foremost, you know, God's heart towards us is, is a heart of love, and so New Testament prophecy is prophetic revelation and direction that speaks words of love, hope, and affirmation to us. So I, I always encourage our folks in our church and those that I, uh, that I teach online and students, uh, you know, prophecy that has a ring of judgment to it or condemnation, that's not the heart of God. Again, back to Romans 8, Paul says that, that we're no longer under a spirit of condemnation. Those who walk in the spirit we're free of that, okay? And so prophecy then at its very uh, basic level is that of love and hope and affirmation to us. Uh, I mean, even wayward Judah, we see in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, and they're getting ready to be uh, exiled and, and, you know, 70 years of captivity, and yet God speaks to the prophet Jeremiah a word of hope and comfort to the people, 
He says, I know the plans I have in, in mind for you, declares the Lord. They are plans for peace, not disaster, to give you a future filled with hope. And so I believe at the very basis of prophecy, it should bring hope to the hearer, to the person. And Paul reaffirms this in his writing to the Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 14.3. He says how prophecy primarily edifies, exhorts, and comforts. And so, I, I, again, I, I always encourage people, look for the good in what God is speaking to an individual, and let's pull on that. Let's shy away from... Uh, you know, sometimes we pick up things, uh, maybe a person's going through a struggle or a situation. Let's not speak to that. Let's speak to the potential and to the identity in, in the person. That's what God wants to bring forth. And so prophecy then primarily speaks, I believe, to our identity and calling. Now, granted, there may be nuances to words that we receive along the way that have more, you know, not just with our identity and calling, but at the fundamental basis of, I believe, of what New Testament prophecy is, it should bring life, hope, speak to a person's identity, uh, bringing forth, you know, uh, their very purpose and encouraging them in their walk in their walk of faith. Identity and calling—that's a wonderful, wonderful way of wrapping up the purpose of prophecy in our lives. So, you know, many believers have been on the receiving end of a personal prophecy, but sometimes it seems like those prophecies just aren't coming to pass. And that leaves that person wondering whether the, the person operating in the gift of prophecy was, uh, shall we say, the real deal. So what are we to make when that happens? Uh, that's a great question, Chris. Well, you know, the Apostle Paul in First Thessalonians five nineteen through 21, he, he makes this interesting little uh, comments here. He says, first of all, don't quench the spirit. Then he says, don't despise prophecy. And then he says, test all things, and I'm paraphrasing a bit, and then hold on to that which is good. And so he's saying not to despise or treat lightly prophecy, but we're to basically test and weigh all things. And so uh, sometimes what happens is we may receive a word, and every word that we receive from someone else, and even that which we hear from for ourselves from the Lord, it's coming through the filter of the human heart. And so um, New Testament prophecy is, is different than, than what we see in the Old Testament. And I don't really want to spend much time there, but just to say that, you know, the Spirit has been poured out upon all flesh, and all those who follow Christ can hear His voice and learn to recognize the voice of God. And Paul even encourages there in 1 Corinthians 14.1, you know, to pursue love, desire spiritual gifts. And then he says, you know, especially that you prophesy. And so, you know, we believe that obviously prophecy is still valid for today. That gift never went away. And so we want to pursue that, but we need to understand that it comes through the human heart. And if that heart isn't fully healed, let's say, or there's an agenda there or wrong motive, sometimes those words uh, may not come through the clearest. Uh, that's one aspect of it. So that's why it's important for each of us when we're receiving a prophetic word, we have the responsibility to weigh that word. And, and, and what Paul was getting at there was not to treat prophecy suspect as though it's, you know, it's all suspicious, rather to, to test it with the eye of belief that, okay, this is God speaking. Now, let me weigh this in light of what God's been speaking to me, in light of what I see written in, in the written word. 
as lining up with the nature and character of God, etc. So we have a responsibility to that. So that said, if we go through a proper process of sort of weighing the word, testing the word, and we believe that word is a word from God, even though we may not have fully already seen that for ourselves and it's something new and revelatory to us, now we have a responsibility to begin to pray over that word. We, we always tell everybody, you know, first of all, record words. If someone's going to give you a prophetic word, uh, most folks have a smartphone nowadays or a friend of theirs standing there or something, uh, record that word. And then when you get that recording, write out that word and, and then begin to pray over that word. Again, you, you know, you, you're going through that process, you're, you're kind of weighing it, you're testing it. Is this a word from God? Does this word line up with the character of Christ, the nature of, of, of the written word? Is this in alignment with things God has been speaking to me? And so you go through that process, and then you, you believe this is a word from the Lord. You begin to pray over it, because sometimes these words are years in the making. Uh, a good example is Abraham and Sarah. Uh, you know, before uh, Isaac came, the son of promise, they had nearly 25 years of waiting on the Lord for that promise to come to pass. And uh, there were about eight major prophetic words or things that God spoke to him during that 25 years. And so uh, oftentimes we're in this process of waiting and holding on. And so, so there's a time factor there. There's a wait factor there. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's an essence of, uh, is this word coming through that person? Is it, is it clear? Is it direct? Uh, sometimes these, these words aren't exactly uh, right on. Sometimes people are receiving something, they're getting a revelation, they're sharing the revelation, and now maybe they're going a little bit too far. They're adding their interpretation or their application, but maybe all the Lord wanted them to give was just some revelation and allow the hearer now to, to wait, wait on the Lord, pray, and get the Lord's understanding of the, that interpretation and application. So there can be many facets to it. We certainly, in, in our New Covenant age of grace, we're no longer, we no longer stone people for giving an inaccurate prophetic word. That, that certainly, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of responsibility for those that are uh, in prophetic ministry or giving prophetic words. You want to be accurate and you don't want to go beyond what the Spirit is revealing. And, uh, but that said, we also have to, again, hold these things in a way that we lean into it, we test it, we weigh it, we pray into it. And so some good scriptures for that are, for example, 1 Timothy 1.18. Paul says that we're to pray over, we're to, he's telling Timothy, you know, to pray over your words, make, you know, wage a warfare by them. So we have a, we have a responsibility to, to do our part in that. Uh, he also told Timothy in uh, 1 Timothy 4.14, no, don't neglect, you know, the gift that was deposited, uh, you know, in you through the laying on of hands and a prophecy. So again, we have a responsibility to steward over what God has spoken to us and uh, even the gifts, the calling, etc. And then again, thirdly, we need to understand that some of what God is speaking to in prophetic words that we receive, he's speaking to our kingdom identity and, uh, and our calling and our purpose. And so sometimes we're in this prophetic process where the Lord's working something deeper in our life to bring us into the fullness of our kingdom identity. And so some of that word may, again, just be unfolding over time as we continue to walk with, with God and, and, again, lean into what he's saying and continue to pray over these words. Well, it's not exactly black and white, is it? No, it's not black and white. <laughs> we need the Holy Spirit's guidance in this area, certainly. Absolutely. 
And so how do we need to show God or do we need to show him in some way that we're open to prophecy in our lives? Well, foremost, you know, Jesus said, follow me. And uh, then he also said in John chapter 10, you know, that his sheep who would follow him, hear his voice and another they will not follow. So I think at the onset of really seeing a person, your prophecies unfold, is you have to be a devoted disciple to Jesus. Um, I've observed over the years, sometimes folks, they want so badly to see something answered in their life or see their prophecy fulfilled, and yet their walk with God is maybe lukewarm at best. And, and so foremost, we're not after just seeing prophecies fulfilled or just prayers answered. We're after the lover of our soul. That's Jesus. We want to be with Him. We love Him. We live and move and have our being out of Him. And so we delight ourselves in the Lord. He's the essence of all faith. He's the essence of love. He's the essence of that stream of the Spirit, that river of life flowing out of us and that prophetic well that's released. And so we want to, you know, stay close to Him. I remember when I was in my 20s, my wife and I were newly married, and we were part of a charismatic church in uh, the Melbourne, Florida area. And uh, we were so excited, you know, learning about the gifts of the Spirit and prophecy and all this, learning how to hear the voice of God. And I remember when prophecy first really came alive for me. Now, we had seen some guest ministers come and the prophetic gift active, and, and that was exciting. And, you know, we had some prophetic words and all of that was exciting. But when it really came alive for me, was when I began to really know that I was hearing the voice of God. So when I was hearing God's voice, and all of a sudden now something is springing up in me, and I'm confident in what the Lord is speaking to me, then what began to happen was I began to discover the prophecies that we would receive or were receiving were really confirming much of what God was already speaking to us. And so I would share with everyone listening the the first step in towards seeing your prophecies fulfilled is learn how to hear the voice of God and posture yourself such daily where you're in God's Word, you're in a place of worship, you're in a place of prayer, and prophecy and God's Word and and, and the rhema word that, that He's revealing and the, and, and the utterance, all of that is just flowing together sort of in harmony, and you begin to, it, it just begins to sort of coalesce and synergize and, uh, and we've really now postured ourselves as a devoted disciple. We're, we're after something more than just running to the next conference and getting a word from the next, you know, well-known prophetic minister. No, no, we're after a lifestyle of hearing God every day and living out of that revelation with Him on a daily basis. So how would you encourage a discouraged believer, someone who is discouraged because they've never received a personal prophecy? Well, again, I would, I would start with what I just shared. Let's, let's start with spending time daily with God. You know, most of us call it quiet time, where you have some devotional time, where you're reading, reading through the Bible, you're reading some passage, um, you're spending time meditating on that. Uh, again, you're learning how to pray and commune with, with God. I mean, prayer at its very foundation is communion with God. And so we're learning now, uh, you know, how to just live out of that place of His presence. And so, uh, again, from that place, we're putting now as much value on what God is speaking to us directly as getting a word from someone else. 
And so, uh, again, when I teach prophecy for those in our church or uh, others that I may teach in the class, uh, that's the that's the first thing I want to I, I want to really get into everybody's uh, heart and sort of a DNA, if you will, where they value God's presence, they value hearing the voice of God themselves, and they're not dependent just on others giving them giving them a word, or, or again just running to the next conference to try to get a word, but rather they're out of relationship with Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith. They're in that place. They're hearing him. They're, they're learning how to value his presence. They love him. And, and now they begin to be confident in that. And now, now in that place, they're not treating prophecy in an idolatrous way. They're, they're, they value the gift, but they value their relationship with the Lord and the fact they can hear, hear from the Holy Spirit. And so now, if they're in a meeting in their local church or they go to a conference and, and, and someone gives them a prophetic word, it's just kind of flowing in the stream of what they're already receiving from God. And so now they're not putting that prophetic minister, uh, they're not looking at, at them in, in, a, in a wrongly elevated way. I mean, we should honor those who minister among us, certainly, but we don't want to over-elevate that prophetic gift or the, or the person giving, giving the word. We want to value that, and, and uh, but we want to also treat it in a in a way that just kind of comes in line with the nature of Christ, which is love and humility, and and following Him foremost. Yes, and we need to go to the Scriptures to hear from God directly, don't we? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, prophecy, you know, should not contradict God's word. It should New Testament prophecy should again primarily build up the hearer calling forth their identity, encouraging them, directing them, helping them in their, in their walk of faith, but so does the written Word of God. And uh, in fact, the psalmist uh, wrote in Psalm 119, I believe it was uh, verse 105, that God's Word is a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. I mean, that's foundational to understand that, that His written Word, the Logos Word, is just as important as the prophetic words we may receive or what the Spirit's speaking to us. And then along along with that, uh, and of course, in Joshua 1.8, uh, we get a, a principle for how God's speaking to Josh, Joshua about how he can make his way successful and prosperous. And what does he say? He says, meditate on the words, meditate on, on what I've spoken to you. And so there's this place of meditating in God's Word and meditating on the, on the things he's spoken to us. And we have to remember, Jesus is the living Word who who left the glory of heaven, came to earth, took on human flesh. And so that living word became one with flesh and dwelt among us. And so now we behold him and we understand him. So as we meditate on the the written word, we're actually becoming closer, close, more closely aligned with the living word, Christ himself. And Jesus said, you know, my words to you, they are spirit and they are life. And so we need to learn how to recognize the spirit's presence on God's written word, as well as those things he's speaking to us, or the prophetic words they were received. But, but foundationally, uh, we need to be people of the Word. In fact, I find the more that I spend time in the Word, and the more that, that others that I've observed as they grow in Christ spend time in the Word, the more prophetic they become, and the more they're hearing the voice of God and understanding what's a true prophecy, or what maybe is tainted, or maybe is a little bit off, and those type of things, and so they're more accurate, more able to accurately judge and weigh the words and 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 uh, and what God may be speaking. Yes, the two work together. Yes. 
So, Dr. Savelle, as we close, uh, what do you have to conclude with on how to align our lives with our prophecies? Well, uh, again, if someone's going to give you a word or you're in a meeting, try to record that word. Uh, again, we, we live in an age now, it's really easy to record uh, something someone's saying with the smartphones. And so, so record that word. If someone comes up to you and say, you know, I believe I have a word for you, uh, uh, you know, again, if you know that person, it's easier to to allow them to, to maybe give you that word. Uh, you know, just say, hey, look, can we wait a minute? Let me, can we, let me let me get my smartphone out. Let me go ahead and record this. Then once you get the recording, go ahead and write that word out. And and because you're going to see things in that written form that maybe you're not hearing. And I I would also say, try not to project into the word things that you're looking for answers to. Uh, I've seen many people make a lot of mistakes with prophecies over the years where they're so wanting direction in their life that they're reading things into or projecting things onto a prophetic word that I don't believe God ever intended, or certainly the person that was giving the word ever intended. Again, we know in part, we see in part. So every person that's giving a prophetic word is only giving a portion and a time slice of what the Lord is revealing at that moment. And so let's not treat prophecy as, as sort of, you know, Holy Spirit fortune-telling. I mean, that's a huge mistake. We want to treat prophecy foremost as God's love communication to us to build us up, strengthen us. And so let's weigh it. Let's carefully pray into it. We've written it out. Let's, let's begin to wait on the Holy Spirit. Let's ask Holy Spirit for revelation of what He's speaking to us. And another, especially with with big decisions in someone's life. I always tell folks, listen, don't take a prophecy and make a huge life decision. Uh, you know, leave a job or, or move across the country or go to the mission field or, or whatever the case may be. Just a few examples there. Rather, prophecy, I believe, especially when it comes to major life decisions, should confirm what God's already really speaking and uh, is going on in a person's life. And so, I, I would caution people to be very, very careful not to act quickly on a word. And we also have to remember, again, there's the written word. We want to balance what we're hearing, what we're praying into based on the written word. But also the Scripture tells us in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. I've seen sometimes people uh, not even share uh, major life decisions with others. And I'm not necessarily saying a pastor, but others who are mature in the faith, that they have relationship with, or maybe even parents or other family members, and uh, you know, but yet they get a word, or they get, and they're very impulsive with it. Don't, don't do that. You want to, you want to allow some others to to speak into your life and to into into weigh major decisions together. Now that said, there are times where, you know, we may receive a prophetic word, and and again, it may be confirming to things that God has been speaking to us. And we may have close family members or even others in the church that we're in a relationship with may not fully agree, or they may just be cautious, you know. Uh, sometimes, you know, if you feel strongly then at that point, and you've gone through that process in a healthy way, uh, you're going to need to step out in faith. And what I tell folks then is you need to own your prophecy. So uh, if you are going to step out in a, in a risky place, and, uh, and again, it, it could very well be God— uh, you've got to take ownership of that and say, okay, Lord, I believe this is you speaking. I've gotten these different confirmations, different words, things you've been speaking to me, words from others. 
I've shared this with some others. I've got some that agree, some that aren't. Lord, I believe this is you. I'm going to move forward on this. And so, um, you know, that's what I would encourage people. But go through the process. Don't be, I, I sometimes joke, you know, I tell, you know, I may be giving a sermon on Sunday morning or something and related to this kind of subject. And I tell people, listen, don't, don't go quit your job tomorrow morning on Monday. You know, uh, God may be leading you in some, some risky way. And it, it's very well him in the process, but you need to go through that process very carefully and, and at least be open to uh, getting some input from some others. And you, and the last little piece related to that, I would share one of the things that sometimes, and I did this when I was a young believer, I did it to our, our pastor uh, back when I was in my twenties in Florida. And I came to him one time, the Lord was putting out my heart to make a significant uh, mission trip overseas. And I, and I went into his office, set up an appointment and we sat down. And I said, you know, God told me I need to do bump, 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 you know. And he just looked and he smiled. He says, okay. And so I made the trip and it went really well and everything. And I got back and I could tell he wasn't extremely excited about how that all went. And I began to talk to him and he said, and I go, what, you know, Jim, was there a problem? And he, and he said this to me. He said, well, the minute you said God told me, he says, you sort of left me out of the equation that God could possibly speak through me and give you any counsel or input. And that was a huge learning experience for me. And I share, I've shared that with people. Here we are 30-some years later. I share that with people all the time. If you come to someone and you say, well, God's told me I need to do this, what you've just done, whether it's your pastor or another leader in the church or, again, a close family member, or certainly you don't want to do that to your spouse, uh, what you've just basically done is sort of eliminate them from that counseling process where they can pray into what God may be speaking, and you can weigh that together and just trust the Holy Spirit together on that. So I would just caution everybody on that. Uh, you know, be full of faith. You know, your life is a life of prophetic fulfillment and adventurous faith, but go through it in a healthy way, and you're, you're less likely to have uh, uh, some huge, huge mistakes or setbacks uh, when it comes to prophecy. Well, we certainly appreciate your balanced view, your scripture-based teaching on this topic today, how to align our lives with our prophecies. So thank you, Dr. Bob Savelle, for being with us on Charisma Connection. You, well, thank you, Chris. And if I could just add, uh, some of what I've taught today, they can find in a, a blog article on my webpage. It's titled A Prophetic Journey from a Message I Gave Last Year in Our Church. And they can find that on bobsavelle.com. And then as well on my YouTube page, uh, my wife and I did a series of teachings on uh, uh, prophetic ministry, personal prophecy, and there's a, a playlist there they can you know, learn more if they, if they want. That's excellent. And, and because you gave bobsavelle.com, I guess I better spell that out. And that's okay. B-O-B-S-A-W-V-E-L-L-E.com. Did I get that right? Yes, you did, Chris. Thanks. <laughs> well, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Savelle. We appreciate your time today and all of the the thought that went into this podcast today. And and if listeners, if you enjoyed this because we talked about prophecy, please also uh, try to tune in to Sean Bowles, who has the podcast called Exploring the Prophetic on the Charisma Podcast Network, and you could find that at cpnshows.com. And if you enjoyed Charisma Connection today, feel free to rate, review, subscribe. I'm Chris Johnson, and thanks for joining us once again for this visit, Dr. Bob Savelle. 
This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible. <laughs>